for episode six of the Rob Miller podcast. Uh, I'm your host, Rob Miller, and we've got Beams here today as well. Hello. So um, today we're going to go over our, uh, we're going over our picks for this past weekend. And I'm going to say we, I feel like we did a really good job with making our picks and um, out of the, the games that we had, I dropped four games out of the ones that I believe that, like, from, from what I remember and what I wrote down and how we have this, I think you dropped six. So, and, and, and honestly, like, two of them were, like, like bad, like, losses for these teams. So it's like, yeah, it's kind of like the Vikings losing. Like, we, we didn't expect that, you know? And especially in the Ravens too, did not expect that one, you know. So, um, uh, to 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 kind of go over some of the games that we that we really want to talk about to kind of like shorten the 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 show and make it a little bit easier and um, you know more a little bit more enjoyable that we can put out more content. Um, <clears throat> we're gonna pick just you know three of those games that we that we predicted on and and go over those. Um, one of those for me was. The, the Chargers and Bengals, if you saw my Facebook post, I, this is one of the ones I, I really wanted to look forward to watching and uh, see what the outcome is just simply because of the possible seeding is going to lead for the Chargers. The Chargers now are only a game and a half behind Kansas City with the win. Even though Kansas City won, they beat the Broncos, which helps Kansas City, or not Kansas City, uh, uh, the Chargers move up into the rankings. So now it's Kansas City number one in their division, then L.A., and then uh, Denver, and to, to close it out is, is the Raiders because the Raiders lost. And um, I think it says a lot about the, the Chargers at this point because that's a good Bengals team that they beat. Um, I think that it's a big help for them to, uh, to really move forward and show that we're not about the old Chargers way of playing okay against bad teams and then just when it comes to good teams just kind of sucking. Like just not showing up to play, you know, making making really like clumsy mistakes, whether that's like like throwing a pick or fumbling the ball, having a really bad penalty on fourth and you know fourth and short, you know, allowing those touchdowns, you know, allowing big you know chunk uh, penalty plays for the other team. So I think this is a, it's a very good win for the Chargers um, to move up. And like I said, so they they have they have to win next week against the Giants. Who are starting Jake Fromm, by the way? Because not only is Daniel Jones out, but Mike Glennon got hurt um, against the Dolphins. So now Jake Fromm from Georgia is going to start. He's from Georgia. I don't know if he's actually from Georgia, but he did go to Georgia to the. He was a Bulldog, yes. From. So they got him from. Correct. Well, no, the they Georgia got Georgia Bulldogs. They got him from the Bills. 
He was drafted mm-hmm. by the Bills, which I didn't make. I didn't. It didn't make sense to me, but you know, whatever. Um, so the the Bengals, on the other hand, I think they kind of like beat themselves up a little bit with some with some bad uh, some bad uh, penalties, and they were allow just allowing the Chargers to kind of push them around a little bit. Joe Mixon had a had a an okay game. Um, I think that they depended a little bit too much on. Uh, Joe Burrow and the defense to kind of make these big stops, which, I mean, you should be able to depend on at least the defense now. Um, but with with Joe Burrow still, like, this is his first, like, real full season he's playing. And uh, he was actually hurt a little bit, too. Like, halfway through that game, he hurt his pinky on his throwing hand. Um, and it was it was really affecting him. But he kind of, that him finishing out the game the way that he did kind of reminded me of Matt Stafford and how tough he can play. But I think that with... Uh, with Joe, I think he shows a lot of charisma and a lot of uh, a lot of that it factor that you want in a quarterback. But I think that you know with this game, they just kind of didn't play well, and that really that really showed for the Chargers to to pull out that win. So, um, what was one of the games that you wanted to go over? One, one, one big takeaway you had from this weekend? The Jaguars suck. <laughs> yeah. What the heck? Is going on. now. They're playing a Rams team that has not been playing good uh, lately, so I didn't expect a blowout. But they got blown out. But they got absolutely destroyed. Yeah, it was it was a bad loss for them. Uh, I wish I knew what to say. What the heck's going on down there? But I don't even think they know. I, and at this point, they're probably just they're just gonna limp mode to the end of the season and say okay. Let's, let's see what we can do in the draft here because they, they just are not doing anything. Yeah. No. So, I mean, what the heck was that? Yeah. Blown yep. out. Come on. So wasn't hasn't wasn't Urban Meyer like only out for a year of football between college and like he's like, he left he left um, Ohio State. No, I believe he's been out for uh, he's been out for a few years because. Um, I think his first name is Jason, but the coach Day over there at uh, OSU, he's been there for a while. Okay, quite a while. Cause uh, I'm trying to think of, cause you know Michigan, they picked up Harbaugh to yeah. beat Ohio State, um, and Urban Meyer, and they just haven't, yeah, until recently. But I think Urban, cause he had a, uh, um, what do you want to call it, a scandal? I think it was. That oh. came his way, so he kind of like, yeah. Wasn't it? Finished. Wasn't it kind of piggybacking off of the the stuff that was happening in Florida as well? And that's kind of why, because I remember um, one of his offensive coordinators, one of his other coaches, was like had some domestic issue and it brought him into it, and he had to like resign from Florida. Yeah, some yeah, something about an assistant. Yeah, but it was a yeah out Ohio State. Something about an assistant had an issue, and then Meyer did nothing about it. I guess. And then they are like, well, what the heck now? Because it came to light. And then he goes, well, okay, I'm just going to get out of here. But then he was an analyst for a Oh, bit. yeah, for college football. Yeah, he was an analyst for a bit. So I know it's been a couple years because it, it wasn't just a, you know, it wasn't just Meyer dropped out and then Days had the team for one year and all of a sudden they're good. Uh, he, Days been there for a, a bit. Okay. Um, well, the only but, reason why I still, ask. Meyer. He he's been a notoriously good college coach. Well, yeah. And now, 
it's not translating. Well, I'm I'm, I'm concerned because if if he doesn't not it, trans transitioning. Yeah, if he doesn't like pull basically what a Pete Carroll did, like when he first got back into the league and was the coach for Seattle, mm-hmm. and just like get everybody he was trying to recruit into his, into Ohio State when he was there, and bring them into the NFL into the Jacksonville Jaguars, like people were just like overlooking completely. I'm curious to see if they're if he's going to do something like that because if he doesn't, well, again, he'll he'll be out of the NFL real quick. Again, the issue is Carroll went from USC to the Seahawks, like yeah, straight there. Meyer has not been in the college scene coaching and knowing, like, okay, yes, you know who the players are, but like when you are Pete Carroll, you know exactly. That's true. Yeah, he, he he goes straight into that, that from the recruiting so into went, that. Yeah, he went from USC straight to the Seahawks. Urban Meyer went from OS, OSU. Now he's been through a couple classes, you know, recruiting classes. He hasn't been there for them, mm-hmm. recruiting classes, and he hasn't been there for the seniors or the juniors that have now moved on to the NFL. So he can't even really pick up on these new guys and say, "Oh, well, I'm going to draft him now." So. He's basically going to be in the same position that a normal coach is right now. Yeah, they aren't in the college scene, so they don't. They can, all they can do is watch. He may have some ties here and there, but I think there is something to say. Like when you're actually legitimately studying these players every week because you're about to go up against them, or you have them on your team. You saw so he does Zanlive. Yeah, he sits there and says, "Oh yeah, they they play good. They play blah blah." Um, now he's got to be the big dog in charge and find the good players through his through his own scouts, you know, and through his own uh well yeah, his regional scouts, college scouts and thing. So I don't know what the heck's going on down there, but um it's not good and it's not looking good. Yeah. Now, if, if if you know once ETN starts playing, I would say they're probably, I don't know if he's out the entire year, but next I year I think he is. If if they don't come out and play well they can kiss, they can I kiss guess, Urban Meyer goodbye. I, was saying, I guess you're just going to have to say, all right, Urban, you're done here. You yeah. came in, you had a full season, and now you had a full off season to you know work with Trevor Lawrence and all this, and he's been through a year now, and now you're getting Travis Etienne, um, and you're still doing nothing. You're out of here, buddy. Yeah. And then they better get some money going and say, hey, Bill, come down here and let's get it going. Hey, Bill. Bill Belichick. No way. Get him down there for He's a season or two. He's not going to go to Jacksonville before he retires. He's going to stay with the Patriots until He's, he retires. I'm just saying. That's what I would do. I'd be like, hey, man, come on. Come well, on down. I don't think they're going to be able to fork over the money. You know, I mean, yes, it's Florida, but at the same time, I don't think that they're going to be him get the money for him. The one, well, they're not going to. They're not going to do that. I'm just saying. Personally, me, I'd be like, come on. Let's go, man. Oh, yeah, absolutely. But, you know. With how much power he's got in New England, he's like, why would I want to give that up, you know? Well, I wouldn't. There should be no change. If, That's fair. Yeah, That's there fair. should be no change. It's the same thing we talked about on a previous podcast. If you have a great play, a, a great established player, there should be no change to their game when you get there as the new coach. Don't force them into your uh, methodology of thinking unless it's just a little tiny variation of the same thing mm-hmm. because if they're already established at being good at, the, at being great at this you should not want to change that unless you're going to improve upon what already is don't take them out of their comfort zone and try and change the entire yeah what they're doing because then you might mess them up 
That's true. And, yeah. and you don't want uh, a 10 year vet to all of a sudden have to learn an entirely new offense. You would you want to build around them because you're coming in yeah. to to make them make the team a little bit better, put them over the edge. You're not going to start down here to put the. You're going to stay here and you're going to take them over. Yeah, that's all you're doing. And I th- and I think that that shows a real testament to like how like how dysfunctional some of these other organizations are. Like when they get a really young raw star coming out of college, and they go through one head coach like they they. Whatever coaching staff that they had when they drafted that's one specific player, and they can't utilize that the talent correctly, and that coaching staff leaves, they bring in a whole new system, a whole new operating. You know, everything is new to the whole thing, so they have to relearn everything over I, the offseason. I like what you said about uh, using the talent correctly. You know, yeah, I think that's a big part of it as well. Like Green Bay is notorious for being stupid when it comes to drafting people. They like they drafted, they drafted a safety, Demarius Randall. Yeah. From uh, I believe is Arizona State. They drafted him. He was he played a little bit of corner, or he started playing corner in his in, in his last year in college. Right. But he was primarily a safety. Okay. So he did not do well as a cornerback. So well, then what yeah. they did eventually was they traded him to the Browns. And then he he is a safety, and he started playing well as a safety. They also have drafted defensive tackle or defensive ends, depending on what your situation or what defense you're running. And then they'll say, oh, well, you're you're going to be a stand-up linebacker now. Well, why okay. are you doing that? So, That's not their skill set. That's not why you drafted him. To do that, well, you yeah, got, you I get need that. to draft players in the position that they've been in because that's what they've been doing the entire time. Now I understand some of these quarterbacks can go out and become like a receiver or something. Right. I think that translates well, or because they understand the route tree, and that's all they have to do is then just execute the route tree. That's true. Yeah, that's why like Randall Cobb was pretty decent. He he understands where the opening is going to be. And he just has to get there. Right. You know, uh, Edelman, he was a quarterback. That's true, he, yeah. He understands, okay, I'm going to do this because this is going to be the opening in this defense. So they, they're like a second, almost like a second quarterback on the field at that point for those guys. Right. But any everything else that I've seen, it's, it, doesn't, it just doesn't work out right. And if you're the Jaguars, nothing's working out right. Right. Well, I, th- I still think when it comes to a specific uh, coaching and, and – and, like coaching schemes or defensive schemes or whatever, like moving a a like a safety and you're and you're you know you come out of college as a safety, but they you know this team that drafted me really needs a corner and I can I can work with this guy. You can enter, you can interchange. You know you can go back to safety and have someone else come in when the other guy's hurt well, or, or or tired my or whatever. Is the progression? It would actually be corner to safety. Okay, I see because what you're saying. safeties. Don't uh, normally man up directly on the best receiver. That's true. They'll take on like uh, uh, the running back possibly, or they'll take on the tight ends as they come out because they're not, they're just not cornerbacks. Cornerbacks got you got they're like the most athletic dudes on the field because they have to be able to turn their hips and run backwards and all that. That's Safeties true. just cover a lot of ground. Yeah, they so they have to and, be like like super and, fast. And, yeah, and kind of set the they set the secondary because they're. 
you know, on the back end. Yeah. But um, yeah, the progression would be from cornerback back to safety, which right. is what Charles Woodson did. Oh, um, okay. He transitioned from cornerback back to safety so he could play a little bit longer. Oh, okay. Once you start slowing down, and you're used to covering the number one receiver and following him around, and you lost a step, and now the kid because these younger guys are coming in, you're getting blown by. Yeah. Well, if I drop back to safety, I'm already farther off the ball. Yeah, so and I, I can, can help cover. Right. Yeah, take over those those uh, those extra spots, or in case someone gets beat over the top, you're still in front of them. Yeah, you're the last line of defense. But you know, like I said, I think it just depends on whatever coaching staff that you go to. Uh, elite elite defensive coordinators, uh, defensive coaches, those types of guys are able to really like transition these players and make them and put them in better positions and can see what other potential that they can do because I mean all these dudes are athletes and I'm not saying that they're going to move you know a defensive tackle or defensive lineman out to safety and vice versa I'm not like obviously that's not going to happen but with the skill sets that some of these other players have like using like so if this guy if this one guy's a safety right but can cover really really well I think that they would move that person to safety or to corner and move somebody else who's like either not that fast or uh, is really good in zone coverage, or can really like predict angles and stuff like that. Move them to safety because they can cover more ground and be able to be, you know, definitely be that last line of defense, get that good angle and that tackle on the sideline, or be able to, you know, uh, cut that corner and get the uh, get the interception. You know what I mean? So yeah. I guess, like I said, just depending on whatever um, uh, defensive scheme, defensive coordinator comes into your like, you fall too really benefits there's you, so. there's only been one player who can play all 11 positions on the defense oh it's Tom Brady and um I think we all know who that is <laughs> uh is his, isn't his number 12 right correct um he played for the Patriots and now he's a Buccaneer right correct okay and uh Tom Brady oh yeah Tom Brady alright so moving on we're gonna go to the uh to another game that I th- I think that was was a really b- had a lot of impact was the Bills and Patriots. This was probably that was high impact. That was very high impact. <laughs> like as, as far as the league is concerned. Oh yeah, hundred percent in, in the AFC. Yeah, yeah. Um. So with the Patriots winning and and a big surprise, big shock, uh, upset of the week, stinker of our uh, in my opinion, I think the stinker of the week was the the Ravens getting upset by the Steelers. With the Ravens losing, it puts the New England Patriots back at number one in the AFC. Number one seed in the AFC now is the Patriots. Number one in the division because they beat the Bills. Mm-hmm. And now they're number one in the, in, in, the, in the conference. With Tennessee at number two. Then you have Baltimore at three. Kansas City four. Isn't that just wild? So. One year later. Yeah. And the Patriots are back on top. Like. And I'm telling you, like, Mac Jones is doing as minimal as possible, it seems like, because he threw three passes that game. Well, that's that was it. that was a different game plan than... That's true. That but, was like 1920s football. That's true. <laughs> and and it was crazy, too, is, like, the winds were, like, 15 miles an hour. Like, they were, like, gusts of wind. Like, you could see the, the, the amount of... Uh, movement the ball had in the air, whether it was being punted or kicked or, or thrown or whatever, it it was shown like it was hard 
for them to to throw the ball. And I'm surprised Josh Allen was doing as well as he is. I I, th- I guess they they really schemed it well to, for him to throw while they were with the wind rather than against it. He's got a laser beam. Well, I mean that dude that dude's or got a laser arm. or a cannon. Uh, yeah, he's got. I a... think laser beam's better though. <laughs> he he does have a laser beam of an arm. You know that that dude can that dude can that can chuck that football, and uh, it's 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 fun to watch him play when he's actually playing well, rather than just saying, "Oh well, you know we're the Bills, we can beat anybody," and then they lose to the Jags. So, um, yeah. So with with this, it it kind of shows that the 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 inexperience or the virginity, I guess you could say, of the 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 Bills offense when it comes to like big moments and big primetime games and, and trying to make those wins. You know what I mean? Yeah, it shouldn't be though, because they've been they've been a unit for a few years now. So it, it shouldn't be any type of problem like that. I understand what you're saying. Yeah. But Josh Allen's been in the league. Uh is one of his big targets um, has uh, Stephon Diggs? Stephon Diggs, he's been in big moments. Well, he, yeah, he's, he's been in you know in in big time playoff games, but like I said, he's a bum. So, you know where where was he? I don't know, but uh, he, he's probably crossing his arms somewhere and not celebration. But um, uh, yeah, that was a stinker for the Bills. Really, you you know that after some time when they've run the ball twenty times and only passed it three, you know that they're gonna run the stinking ball. And yeah, then, they were going to run the football did? no matter what. They just ran, kept running the football, and they kept gaining yards. I think it was like like thirty attempts or twenty nine attempts for the Patriots of runs, straight runs. I think I thought it was. I heard it was like forty something. Now, it, unless I mean, he was exaggerating, but uh, I mean, because that would if it was like say it was forty six, which is what I heard, and then it was forty nine, uh, three passes. That's forty nine plays. Yeah, normal in a normal NFL game. Your offense is running like sixty or more, so that would have been on the low side. But yeah, I mean that's still impressive to just run to run the ball and still win when the other team knows that you're running. Come on. So I'm looking at it. So the okay. So Damian Harris for the Patriots, he had he had ten attempts for 111 yards and a touchdown. Ramondre Stevenson had 24 carries for 78 yards. So 34 total mm-hmm. on just those two guys. Yeah. And then you had – so they, they ran the ball 46 times. Yep. Okay, so they ran it 46 times. They ran they yeah. ran the ball 46 times between like seven people. So Damian Harris, um, uh, Ramondre Stevenson, Brandon Bolden, Nelson Aguilar, Kendrick Bourne, Johnny Smith, and Mac Jones. Mac had – Five attempts with negative three yards. Wow. Johnny Smith had one attempt for negative one yard. Wow. Kendrick Bourne had one uh, one attempt for three yards. Nelson Aguilar, one for six. Brandon Bolden, four for 28. And like I said, Ramondre Stevens had 24 carries for 78 yards. So they, they had over 220, had 222 yards rushing the entire game. That's including the, the, the negative yardage, too. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. Mac threw two ta- or he he threw three passes, completed two of them for 19 yards. That's it. 
That is absolutely crazy, and they still and they won this football game. So, I know, I know that people like to say about you know the debate is over. Is Bill Belichick the greatest coach or what? Yeah, I mean, come on. Now I don't know if I don't know how much he's like because he's a defensive coach. I don't know how like in the quarterback room he is or in the offensive room is. He's the head coach. He's in charge of everything. Well, he, he knows. He may be in charge of everything, but that doesn't mean that he has, he has to, to be in the room when everything's going down yeah, because he, he can't to, be everywhere at once. He has to understand. He, he knows what the game plan is going into it. I mean, he's not just going to go in. And if he said, okay, yeah, we'll, then we'll run the ball 40 times. So, Well, yeah, that could be all Josh McDaniel's idea. And then he just, hey, listen, listen, this is what I want to do. I think this will be. I think I think we'll win this way because you know the winds are going to be this. Matt can't really throw in this kind of weather. Blah blah blah. Well, listen, okay, we've cool, already seen um, Josh McDaniels on his own as a head coach, and he was a bum. Okay, so that's true. But with him as the offensive coordinator, where all he has to worry about is the offense, says something, and the fact that he's able to do what he can and do what he's done so far. As the offensive coordinator and only worrying about the offense and showing instead of having to worry about the entire team and everything going on. Oh, okay. And then so he like also I had said, a bunch of bums too in Denver. Yeah, but like remember I said, remember that. But like I said, the head coach is in control of all of it. Right, I understand that, but I'm saying so, like if he's if, because he doesn't, I guess he does, because he doesn't really understand the defensive side of the ball or something oh, like he that. He understands. You know? That's well, why. Yeah, I guess that's so. why he's so successful as a coach. You have to understand. What the other side does, as well. Okay, you have well, to understand how a defense operates. How are they going to counter you, so you can counter, and then they counter. It's a constant game of countering what you're trying to do and outsmart. Yeah, and I think too, it's like because Belichick is who he is and how successful he was or he's been. I think that with Josh McDaniel in the in the offense room, right in the offensive side room, and then game planning. With Bill, who's a defensive guy, and having other really great defensive minds in the room as well, and being able to to scheme that way, I think that's what really helps. And the fact that he was the guy, the guy that everyone came to when he was in Denver, Josh McDaniels, I think that because he, I guess he didn't have the pieces like Bill had, uh, you know, before Josh left, and now that he has, now that Josh is back, you know, all that really encompasses the success of the team being able to scheme with great minds around you. I mean, yeah, if you're, you're, you're a great mind, if you can coach, but at the same time, it's the, it's, it's something else that you're able to win the Super Bowls like the Patriots have done. You know what I mean? So I think that's a big Testament in, in that regard as well. So, um, you know, like I said, just with, with that win, it's a huge thing for the Patriots to be, to be coming back. And the fact that they did it without Cam Newton kind of makes me, makes me a little feel nice inside, you know? And the fact that Tom Brady had to go to a loaded team to continue success. And then, you know, all they needed was the quarterback. They, I knew that, that goat conversation is also over. I knew, I knew that once Cam got there, the Patriots weren't going to do anything. And the fact that they they got rid of Cam, now that they're playing well, I think it's huge testament to why their success is the way it is. You know, uh, yeah, I don't think Cam bought into it possibly, or I, I I thought he was doing okay, and then the whole COVID thing happened, and then he just I, came out and he was a stinker. I I kind of think it was a an excuse of why he was a stinker. 
And the fact Possibly. that there wasn't any consistent um, play afterwards, like there wasn't any improvement after he got better. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, I understand. Like after you be, you know, after you're out for a couple of weeks, it, your your play isn't going to be that great because you're not in sync with the offense and stuff like that. And that's shown this year too. Russ being out and not being in sync with his guys, and then they lose, you know, f- five games in a row. And then you've got Aaron Rodgers who, who he's out for, you know, a week and a half, and he comes back against Seattle, and he's. Not the same, but they still end up winning because they just have better players on their roster. It's just a much better roster. Um, but he, he didn't really show a lot of the Aaron Rodgers that we all know and love. But then that following week, he was just you know back to being who he was. And I think that's that's another testament, too, of, of how great certain players are because you can see the turnaround when it comes to being out and not being in sync with your guys to being in sync again and just, just going back to you know the, the old ways. Mm-hmm. And I think that people thought that it was that was going to be Cam when he went to Carolina, when he came back to Carolina. But because he's not willing to be coached properly or be coached by the coaching staff that he chooses, he suffers from losing so much. And so I think that's, that's, that's a really big thing. And I think that now that the Patriots have moved on from Cam and they're doing just phenomenal with Mac, I think that's, that's huge and, a great thing for them. All right, so what was another game that you wanted to go over? I mean, that that was I also wanted to go over the Monday night game because of how just just phenomenal that really was to yeah you know, beat the Bills on on a, such a night with a rookie quarterback throwing three times, um, and then of course the you know the Jaguars just getting blown out yeah that's disappointing dismal. Yeah. And uh, my team was on a bye, so yay. That's kind of it for you then. Well, um, we can talk about a couple other play. You know, I, I do want to mention that the Lions finally got their first win, which I mean, that was one of the that was one of the games that we had predicted that the Vikings would win because it was a it was a one o'clock game. Yeah, no one would have been really caring to watch it because they were going against the Lions, so you kind of were expected to win. But did you see their stadium still has people in it? I mean, they're loyal fans. I mean, I don't blame which them. Is ex- which is awesome. Well, yeah. Really. You think about it. Now, is it because tickets are $10 a pop? Who knows? But I mean, people still fill up the stadium for their 0-10-1 team. And and then they get to experience it, a great win. That's I, a good it, win. I say, it's, almost like, it's almost better to just have a stinker of a team. Because then when they win one, it's, it's an even better feeling. I agree. You know, like, okay... You go in, your team just keeps smashing people. You go to the game, which is my experience, and then they get smashed. Yeah. And then you're like, why did I even waste my time? Yeah. But if you keep watching a losing team, you might get to see a win. Yeah. Which is like, which is freaking, because you're like, I was there when they won their first game. Right. And I think, and, and, and what makes it even better, too, is the fact that these players buy into Dan Campbell. They love him. I watched their um, their celebration in the locker room after the win. They were cheering and having a great time, and just I mean, and, and the fact that they had suffered as as long as they did, you know, they they first of all they should have beat the Steelers. By the way, they should have beat the Steelers straight up because that was just that was ugly. That was an ugly, ugly game. But you know Pittsburgh just—I don't know how the hell they did it, but they just came back and won. And well, they, just they should have beat the Ravens. Or they, they tied the Steelers. Excuse me. Yeah, and they should have beat the Ravens. They should have beat the Ravens, and they should have beat the Bears as well. 
but they beat themselves up in these in these things. And I think that they're finally like realizing well, all these the mistakes. Ravens one was ridiculous because who kicks a sixty five yard field goal or whatever it was? Justin to win. Tu- Justin Tucker. Come on. I mean that dude is that dude is good. I love Justin Tucker. So, but you know, that's neither here nor there. But I'm just saying, like the Lions really buy into Dan Campbell, and I re- and that really that makes me happy because. When it comes to these types of uh, uh, these situations that these coaches are put in, where it's like these these players are either they're just kind of disgruntled because they're you know on the lines now, or it's just a city that they don't want to be in. It's just a bad team, whatever. The chemistry is not there. So then you have this coach that comes in and says, "Okay, we're just you know we're just not gonna we're gonna, we're gonna knock some heads in and whatever, whatever he's whatever like crazy thing he said during his his uh, his press con his first press conference when he when he got hired, but." They're finally realizing that these these little things that they're trying to do to to really boost their um, boost the morale of the team and really get locker room cohesion and 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 get ready to get to take on some wins. I think that what they're doing is good, and they're real. Like I said, they're realizing what they're doing wrong, and they're adjusting and, and playing off of that. And because that's a good Vikings team, that's a good Vikings team. Remember, that. I said good, and I said great. Say very good and say very great. They are a good football team. Yeah, you could have probably said, "Oh, they're an okay team." So, I mean, no, I mean, they're good. They have, they have, yeah. Adam Thielen's great. I think Justin Jefferson is one of the best receivers in the league right now. Kirk Cousins, he, I mean, he, he can, he can ball. Like I, I can, I like watching yeah. him because he, because of the throws that he can make. I've seen him make some like killer throws. Yeah, but you said they're a good team, and they're which is kind of funny because now it's their defense that's kind of letting them down. That was used to be their strong point. Yeah, and now, but even then, um, that Ravens game that I watched them play, the the Vikings and Ravens. Yeah, the defense was actually keeping them in it. The offense was just being bums. Well, I and mean, then, and then they played against what the Cowboys on that Sunday night game, I think it was, and they didn't do anything. Um, so they're, they're almost like a Bengals team. Like they'll, but they, but not in the same sense because the Bengals will be really hot one week. Yeah. And then they'll just get destroyed the next week. That's true. You know, so they're kind of like, oh yeah, we'll do that. Oh, but now we suck. And the Vikings are like, oh, okay, you know, we'll kind of win this game and then, oh, but we'll kind of lose this game. So they're kind of like, well, you know, they're, they're. Just they're kind of on a, a teeter totter a little bit, and yeah. they, you know they kind of oh I went this way a little bit too far now let's go back oh it's again I like I like uh, my favorite YouTuber said he goes Kirk Cousins can't stray too far from five hundred that's true so, you know, they're yeah. not they're not going to go over five hundred too far and if they do I ah, will lose a game oh if they're under well then they're going to win a game you know they'll be plus one or they'll be minus one but you bet better bet that they'll be right there near five hundred. That's so, true. Because yeah. it's just how, how do you how do you have like you said? Oh, you got Kirk Cousins and you got Justin Jefferson. And you got Thielen. You should be able to throw the ball all over the freaking place. And, well, you know, and they have Dalvin Cook. They, Their offense should really. Well, be, I think Dalvin Cook's hurt again, but they, they should really be something. They should. They really and should. Yeah, they're, I, they're, honestly, I think the like part of the reason why they lost this game is because they because they didn't have Dalvin Cook. I don't remember. I can't remember if it was an injury or if he got or if it was a COVID thing. But he was not playing this game, and Alexander Madison took the helm. And I think that like I think there's certain players that really play well as as the the backups 
and come in rather than being the star. Relief. Yeah, and I think they play very. I think they play very great as reliefs rather than starters. And Alexander Madison, I think, is one of those types of players where you can depend on him all day long, so long as you know Dalvin Cook's taking the the majority of the of the load. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's kind of like one, you know, like like her cousins. You know, he like once so long as there's a run game. So long as the offense is really like the offensive line is is protecting well and you know the receivers are getting open, he can make great plays and he follows the script very well and blah blah blah. But once one of those aspects isn't there, he's he's got and he and he has to take that load. He just kind of like I don't like this and just like kind of crumbles a little bit and then as something else breaks down, just kind of crumbles a little bit more and just keeps going down like that. So. Um, so I think because they didn't have the run game, like primarily, because you know watching the you know the highlights and and, and watching like the, con- the condensed game for that, it's like their run they, they didn't run very well, and so I think that that kind of attributed to it. And like like I've said before, the Lions don't really have anything to lose, so it's like they're gonna come out and play hard football all the time. And that's another reason why I've, I I can I can see that they buy into Dan Campbell because they. They trust him enough to do what he what they what he asks of them, and they play so hard. They play tough football, but they just you know for whatever reason they just come up short. And I think that uh, I think that that this could be a, a completely different team come twenty twenty two, so into twenty twenty three. So we'll, we'll see. But um, but yeah, I just wanted to bring you know bring light to that. That's a great win for them and. Um, it's it's it was a well deserved win too because they 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 did a, a a good job, and and they because they kept the lead for that that game like almost the entire game, like the the Vikings didn't didn't start, um, didn't take the lead until late third early fourth quarter like that that right right, right around there so, um, and then the, you know the Lions were able to take the lead again and, and hold on to it so. They they that was a very well deserved uh, win for the Lions, so I commend that. Um, uh, final uh, team I wanted to or game I really wanted to go over was you know my Seahawks finally winning a game, Russ. <laughs> and um, I think that uh, it was it was definitely a well fought game. Uh, you know, like I, like I've always said, divisional games are always tough they um they bring the best out of these players because you know they they really want to you know make the playoffs get these sweeps and so on so i mean seattle's already sweeped or has already swept the um the 49ers this year so that's that's a good start you know they lost to the rams they lost to the 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 cardinals so you know come later in the season when you know they're gonna play them again. I think um, it, I think it might be a little bit different just because they might want to um, like bench their starters to save them for the playoffs, which I don't totally agree with. Um, just because you don't want them to get too rusty when it comes to play, like be like gone for too long, and then not be you know properly in sync with their with their receivers. But um, Seattle ran the ball okay. They were they they put themselves in better situations rather than um, allowing the or trying to have Russ take take so much load and and push the ball down the field and I think that was a big thing and and 
I'm not gonna say too much about Adrian Peterson because he didn't seem to have like he, he was able to to do to help out a little bit. He got a he you know he got a touchdown. You know he's now top ten in touchdowns and um, top five in yards. I believe is is was the the thing for him. So um, he's showing that he's still got a little bit left in the tank to where he can he can still play and you know I I, I can't. I can't be mad at that, especially when you know, when it when it comes up to be a win. So, yeah. So I mean, yeah, they they ran the ball. They actually ran the ball a lot better than I had than I had thought. Um, now Travis Homer, he had a big um, he had a big punt return or a fake punt for a touchdown, mm-hmm. which really helped get the uh, the ball rolling for the for the for the offense to score. Um, a lot of momentum in that and that kind of thing too, because. I don't know why, but it seems like whenever Seattle's in a big slump, they just do like a trick play and they're able to get back into it. You know, um, you know, going back to uh, twenty thirteen or, or or maybe twenty twelve against the Packers, the the Golden Tate mystery mystery touchdown. Yeah, you know, you know what I'm talking about. Uh, yeah. Thanks, uh, replacement refs. <laughs> and then, um, and then they had the the. Uh, NFC Championship game against Green Bay two years later, where they had uh, the fake field goal for a touchdown to to start scoring. That was late in the fourth quarter too, so um, well, you know, that was just stupidity by Green Bay all the way. Yeah, um, idiots. And then you know they have they've, they've they've done all kinds of other trick plays. They did a they did a, a trick play like a little flea flicker. Uh, or end around pass from Doug Baldwin to Russell Wilson against the Eagles at home uh, a few yeah, years ago. Yeah, it shouldn't take it's a like, trick play to get you going. Though. Yeah, and that's kind of really. Yeah, it's kind of what I was going after. It's like they they shouldn't be depending on something like that just to get them back in to the the ways of of winning for them or the win the ways of scoring. You know, they should be able to to every you know to any any way they draw it up, they should be able to do this. And I think that. Pete Carroll is one of those coaches that is is all about the hype of doing stuff like that. But when it comes game time to do it, he kind of like backs out of it. It doesn't seem like he's about it until it's like dire necessity. Because like he like you never see like like he 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 shows his fourth downs and he shows his um uh his his thoughts of trying to do like trick plays or gutsy calls when it shouldn't be done. Like a fourth and two, I wouldn't do anything. I would punt, punt the ball away. Just because, it, yes, it's yes, it's two yards, but then again, it's two yards, you know? So it's like you don't like and, – and especially if, when they haven't established the run in the beginning of the game and they need this first down and, you know, they're already predicting, well, they're going to pass because the run game hasn't done anything for them. And then they run the ball and they still get stuffed. It's like, okay, well, what are you what are you trying to do here? You can't run the ball late in the game if you haven't started to run the ball in the beginning of the game. So it's like, figure it out. But um, but Rashad Penny, I think the dude's a bum. He, I, I, I mean, seriously, he had ten he had ten attempts. He had thirty five yards. That's it. That's all. He That's had. almost Richards uh, uh, Richardson freaking uh, average. Ooh, Trent Richardson? Yeah. Yeah. He had I think he has the lowest career average at like three point three a carry or something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, today the, uh on Sunday a he bum. had 
he had uh, three. It was a uh, three point five yard average. Yeah. So then you had Adrian Peterson, who had eleven carries for sixteen yards and a touchdown, which they brought him in like right near the end of the like right near the end of the drive. Like, you said sixteen. 16 yards. Yeah, so it, was he just like a short yardage? Yeah, it was only like really short okay. yardage. Which, so, I, I mean, that, that's kind of how that's his... what his role is, then that type of average, we could say, is, is acceptable. You bring him in to get like a yard or two yards, and you, and you do that multiple times. Like if you're on the goal line yeah, and you need three yards to go, he gets you three yards. That's true. After yeah. after maybe two carries, he goes one yard first carry, two yards second carry. Well, there's there's only three yards within two carries, but hey, he scored you a touchdown. Or if you're trying to get a first down, and that's kind of really and, all we need. And, yeah, then I mean that's an acceptable. But if you're the feature back, you better be getting better than three point five. Exactly. And Unless now, your line is allowing you to get met in the backfield, then it's like. Eh. Well, I mean, since since Rashad's been there, they like he's been in. He's either been injured or the offensive line's been trashed to where they can't they, they can't like block enough for him that, to get. That to seems get, to be the Seattle special since since uh, Lynch left is to just have injured running backs. That's true. Like like <laughs> Chris Carson can't stay healthy. Rashad Penny's like like always injured as well, and you know Travis Homer's been like our 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 most reliable like running back, and he's a. C tier player, he shows out when he can, but he's he's like he's a smaller dude. He's like he reminds me of Phil Lindsay. Well, he's better than your other backs then. Yeah, but if he's, he, if he's, he's able to play, he's the swing back. He's the guy you, you throw the ball to, not you know give it to you know twenty four carries a game. You know what I mean? He's not Derek. He's not your Derrick Henry. No, absolutely not. So, um, I think that like like I said before, I think that the, there was a desperation for Seattle to get Adrian or to pick up Adrian Peterson cuz I mean you if you if if you saw what Pete Carroll says like we finally got him you know all the all those years and and when he, when he came out of college and when I was in college and stuff like that I finally got him okay well he's on his last legs in the NFL and you know he's just he's he he says he's playing it for the love of the game but I think Seattle's trying to get more out of him rather than just you know a couple of yards or a couple of carries just for a first down and, and a touchdown. You know what I mean? That's not that's not what Adrian Peterson's style of play is. He's not that kind of guy. You know, that that I wouldn't say that's a Frank Gore kind of thing either because Frank Gore was doing way more. He was still like the feature back at, you know, thirty five, which is unheard of for a running back. Mm-hmm. Like that's like they don't they don't last in the NFL that long. To to your thirty five, like come on. So, I think I still think that's still a desperation. We'll see if if he gets more carries. I don't think he will. I think Rashad's really gonna have to take the the mantle on this one. But if he gets hurt, <laughs> we'll see what happens. But I think that uh, it's a desperation thing to to try and save Pete from getting fired or Russell from leaving. Um, I mean, Russell was, you know upset when they won 12 games last season. Now they're now they haven't they haven't even won 5 games yet and he's and he's still upset. You know what I mean? Like there's I don't I don't see I don't see Russell staying much longer if if he can help it. I mean, yeah, he says he wants to stay here and be a Seahawk forever, but everybody says that and the next year they're gone. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So 
Um, I think that with Adrian being there, giving giving Russell a weapon, someone to put some load off on, who's you know capable of doing that or was at least one point in time in his career, I think that that could possibly be a um, uh, a big setback for for the Seahawks. Um, something that might get John Snyder fired, might get Pete Carroll fired, and might trade away Russell Wilson in the process. So um, they they they're probably on the brink of a of a rebuild. But I think that's going to come after um, the picks from Jamal Adams uh, finally like leave their 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 stove, I should say, and get off their burner to um, to start fresh. So um, uh, I just want to touch on one thing too. So far uh, in our in our locks of the week that we've gotten, um, we're we're two we're two for two. So. Correct. Um, now I know it was an easy, it was a kind of, kind of an easy pick. Um, but I will say this, I did mention that I, that I would have picked the Patriots over the bills or, um, the, what was the other one? Um, oh, the, and then, and then, then the, the bucks over the, the Falcons, the, which yeah, that was an Tampa easier, Brady's. yeah, the, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, um, over, over Atlanta. I think that, um, that, that one's still kind of an easy one, but, um, we're, I'm gonna do, I'm gonna make some bolder predictions. Get some other um, other picks in as my locks of the week, just to kind of make it a little bit more interesting and try yeah. and be uh, more and, analytical about this. And stuff. if if Brady can't be perfect, then we don't need to be either. Correct. So, um, so you know, for the last couple of minutes, I just want to kind of see what our we'll see what, what minds we have and and kind of uh, go over the. Uh, the possible coaching changes that are going to come uh, next season. Um, now, I've written I've written down five coaches, okay. and we can, we can kind of discuss it a little bit just to see what uh, you know which coach do we think is, is going to stay or is going to get or is going to get the boot. So, um, Matt Nagy, what do you think? You think he's going to get fired or they're going to retain him? That's a t- that's a tough one. Um, well, maybe not too tough, but they. They, you know, will say the media keep talking about, oh, he's like, I guess he was supposed to be fired after Thanksgiving. Right. And then they won. Right. And then they say, oh, well, he saved his job. Okay. Well, why would he not lose his job the next loss that they have? Which was this weekend. Oh, because it was to Arizona? No, that shouldn't be an excuse. But it, it. but if they're talking about, oh yeah, you're you're out of here no matter what, is what the media was saying. Mm-hmm. That's why you don't trust those bums. But anyway, um, I don't know. It it might be best for him to go, and then just, just like I think we discussed it before about Justin Fields. You know, bench him. He's yeah. the backup to Dalton. Get uh, make Dalton fulfill his his stand his. Uh, position of being the number one quarterback because that's why they brought him there anyway. And, you know, he can earn his money and then be on his way. And then you give Justin Fields a whole new a whole new setup because he, you know, he's only been in the system since the offseason. So mm-hmm. it's not that big a deal, I would say. But give him a whole new coaching staff. Yeah. And then let's see what he can do. Now, personally, I don't like the guy. You know, I've said it before. Justin Fields, he's a bum, and he's he's arrogant to me. He's he's arrogant, um, but 
for for the sake of uh, wishing a player well, you know, in the NFL, even I can't. Well, I can't even do that because he's a bear anyway. But what, that's not his <laughs> fault. But he's still an arrogant bum. Right. But for the sake of argument, we'll say give him a new coaching staff. And let and let's see what happens. Yeah. So I, I could I can... see Nagy going, finishing out the year, and then going. Yeah, because he's he's from he's from like the Andy Reid like tree of disciples or whatever you want to call it. Like because they they put Andy Reid on a very high pedestal as as a great coach. Because I mean mm-hmm. he's a he's a great coach. I would say he's a great coach. And he came from the Mike Holmgren yeah a coaching tree. That's true. So <laughs> with with him coming from that tree, Nagy. I think that he can get a, a, an NFL coaching a head, a head coaching job anywhere in the league. Yeah, he'll probably have to step back down to, to offensive a, coordinator to again. a coordinator again because yeah. that's what these guys do. They'll get back into their coordinator position, then all of a sudden that team is doing really well on off, really well on offense, and then he'll get reconsidered in a couple of years again. Yeah, I that's can, just that's just how it goes. Yeah, so I can see that. Let him get back into that role of of offensive coordinating. Mm-hmm. Get somebody else in there to head coach for Fields, and let's see what they can do. Okay, all right. Next coach, Urban Meyer. You think he's going to get the boot, or is he going to keep him? One more year. One more year. If I, the, I would agree. And then he could be fired next season, during the season. See, if I don't like that. A, I don't like it either. But you got the number one pick of number one picks these recent years, and you're doing nothing. So if they come out next year and they suck again and say they go like 0-4 or something stupid, now I say that they'll do that, to start the season, that, I mean, and, I and, and the that. games aren't even close, he's out of there. They, there's no way you can keep him around. Yeah, then the interim coach will come in, and then they'll start winning a couple games. It's just weird how that stuff works, but I'll give him the rest of the season because mm-hmm. it is a first season. You don't want to fire your coach in the first, in the very first season, especially if it's the Jags. I mean, it's just terrible. That's true, yeah. But give him this off season to have a fresh start on it. Okay, I've I've had my off season. I've gone through a full season. Now it's time to correct. Now you have time to correct mistakes or try to correct your major mistakes that you've had throughout the season. You have a full off season and you have a a, a, a second draft class that you've picked. Yeah. And you still can't make it work. I'm sorry, buddy. This is the NFL. You need to do something immediately. Yeah. For so I could see him losing his job in the during next season. Yeah, I could see that too. Okay, and um, I mean, I just hope that for whatever reason they that they don't fire him mid season because that's just really going to screw with Trevor Lawrence's progression and his improvements and. What he's going to do as a as an NFL quarterback that's going to really stunt his growth um, if they, if they fire midseason. But I mean, they got to do what they got to do, I guess. Um, moving on, Robert Sala, head coach of the Jets. Same type of situation. Uh, they shouldn't have selected Zach Wilson. That was a mistake. Um, <laughs> but do they have a top? De- they don't have a top defense this year either. They? No, they don't. Okay, so here's the thing again. Uh, you give him the year. He's had this entire year. Yeah. He's going to go into the offseason. He's going to hopefully draft better. They better. I mean, they got this a season. bunch of they have a bunch of picks from Seattle. Yep. The bottom of the so team. they have bottom a lot of draft barrel. picks. They have a lot of draft capital. Now you can pick bums with all but 
the more you have, the less hopefully likely it is, or the more likely it is that you'll pick somebody that's uh, that's pretty decent. So with him being a defensive minded coach, yeah, I think there's some there's some okay talent coming wise for de- uh, defensive players. Give him the off season, and then let's see what he can do next season. Yeah, and I don't. I don't foresee them doing it. Two two teams doing the same thing. So we'll say if you know Urban goes during the season, Salah may stay. You know his whole season. If my so we'll just say that they're going to give him two seasons to get it together. Yeah. So I'm not going to say he's going to be fired this off season because it's only been one, and they have been doing kind of well. You know they they beat some teams and and Zach Wilson's been your your starting quarterback has yeah. been out. Um, so give him an off season, and then we'll see what he does. But yeah, I'm not saying he's on the hot seat right now. His seat is just probably as warm as it was when he got there. I got you. Okay, um, Nick Fangio. He's the head coach for the Broncos. Yeah, he was supposed to be. Um, well, they they actually have a top rated defense this year. Yeah, and he's a defensive head. Which coach. he is the defensive head coach because. They would always praise him for, oh, he he can slow down Aaron Rodgers with this and that. You know when he was for the Bills, right? Uh, uh, the, sorry, the Bears. Even though he didn't, because uh, Rodgers, uh, who was the Bears? But um, that's besides the point. Um, yeah, I they, I don't know. I don't foresee him getting fired either. Because isn't this his first or second year? I believe this is his second year yeah. in the NFL. So the defense is okay. Yeah, and then, and they have Pat Sertan, who's a rookie, and he's a killer. He's and, he's and, awesome. Which is where, yeah, and he came from Alabama, which is where you get your defensive, defensive players. players from, right? <laughs> and receivers. Yes. Okay, you don't get your quarterbacks unless they're Mac Jones, apparently, and uh, unless it's Derrick Henry, you don't get your running backs either. Oh, hold on! Don't forget Sean Alexander. He was from Alabama. He's, okay, he's we're amazing. talking about we're talking about more recently. Just saying. Okay. I'm just saying. Anyway, um, so I don't foresee him getting fired. I, he's not even talked about, I don't think, as being on, well, the, I, on a hot seat. I brought him up simply because he's like, he, like his team is, is like, is like near the bottom of their division now, like from this, well, from this loss to Kansas City, which with how bad Kansas City's offense is 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 inconsistent, you know, especially this season, mm-hmm. this is one of those years that they they should have been able to capitalize and move forward and, and actually really make a statement yeah, of who they are. Yeah, but they've had problems with the quarterback position. They've Teddy Bridgewater's been in and out. Drew Locke sucks. That's that's another Holy thing too. Holy crap, yeah, is he terrible? Yeah, that dude's, that dude's bad. But that's what I'm saying too, because he like we've done, talked about earlier earlier today, the head coach encompasses the entire team they take care of everything and they they're in the they're in the room the draft room the war room when they're drafting yes. to where they're not getting the players that they that they need especially with the Broncos and John Elway and not being able to find a a suitable substitute to fill in his shoes I mean they're big shoes to fill but at the same time you got to fill them and the fact that they have so many problems with doing that it's like so what what are they good at now? Defense? They can't the, like Melvin Gordon can kind of run the ball, but he's you know he was he's out or he was out. So um, well, what, that's why they're going to get Aaron Rodgers. Well, so that so people say <laughs> I don't I I if I I say if if 
Aaron Rodgers goes anywhere outside of Green Bay, he goes to Pittsburgh. Simply because they're all about, like, they are about the players and getting the players what they want, and they're going to pay him a ton of money and all this stuff. And then if they move on from Ben into a quarterback that it's... it's Well, they are going to move on from Ben. Well, I, I know that. What I'm saying, like, when they do, it's going to go to, like, from what I predict is going to be the best scenario for them. And they already have a, a really good defense. Their pass rush is amazing. Their you know pass who's not rush... amazing on the Steelers? Mason Rudolph, the red-nosed dummy. <laughs> yeah, I, I can't stand Mason Rudolph. He's a bum. He's an ab- he is absolute bum. I don't know why they still have him. Dwayne Haskins is there too, and he hasn't been shown anything yet. They said that they were gonna trash put him instead of Mason, but I guess they you know they it's, open it's their eyes all, and like everything's oh, wait, always all gonna... talk. That's true. Yeah. But uh, yeah, so Vic, uh, he's gonna stick around. I I, I can see him sticking stick around. around. Yeah. Um. Last last coach. Well, uh, one other thing. Oh yeah, go ahead. They are in a a decently tough division now. That's true. Yeah. Because the Chiefs, you know, they're doing their thing. The Chargers with Justin Herbert, they're pretty good. And yeah. then the Raiders. I mean, they the Raiders kind of just do whatever, I guess. Yeah. Um. But they the thing about them is those three teams have a quarterback. That's true. You know, as as bad as Derek Carr plays sometimes, but he still he still usually does pretty well. Mm-hmm. You know, so they those three have a quarterback. If, if Denver can locate a quarterback, that could be a really dangerous division. It already is with those three those three teams, and then the Broncos have the like the best defense in the in the division. I don't know. So I, yeah, I don't see uh, Fangio going anywhere. Okay. Soon. Okay. Um, final coach. Joe Judge, head coach for the New York Giants. Hmm. So they have been underperforming. You know, they can't, like, Daniel Jones is just not it. Um, oh, come on now. McCarthy says he's the GOAT. No, that <laughs> that dude is trash. Okay, I, well, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't say he's trash, but... Well, first of all, he came from Duke, so... Well, but he's not, I mean, he's not trash. He's just not... A high caliber NFL quarterback that you would want to lead your team. He he would probably be like the number one backup in the league. Oh yeah, he yeah he'd definitely be a really good backup for sure. I mean, he so can, yeah, okay, so now I'll recant my statement saying him being trash to him just sucking a lot at the number one quarterback at QB one. Yes. Okay. Okay. So um, Saquon's always hurt. I think they I think they need to cut ties with Saquon. I, yeah, as much as it pains you to to probably say that, and then what's going to happen is somebody else is going to pick him up, and then he'll never be injured. It's true because that's how this crap goes. They're like, oh my god, this guy's always freaking injured all the time. They need to they get rid of him. <clears throat> <laughs> he never is on the injury report again. Well, that's the that's the thing though. Like these other teams are gonna, you know, draft. Oh, they're gonna trade draft picks for him, right? So then they're gonna be able to like they already have probably an established offensive line to where. He's not going to get hurt. You know what I mean? Possibly. Unless he goes to the Seahawks. Uh, yeah, unless he goes to the Seahawks, which that would just be stupid. <laughs> like, and as, as, as a and especially as a Seahawks fan, I can tell you this. More, right no, more first round picks. More, get rid of more first round picks for, a, for an, an injury prone running back with a terrible, with us with a terrible offensive line. Please, for the love of God, do not do that. Like, go after, 
like an offensive lineman, like trade away everything, like every you know the the entire barn, but the farmer to freaking. Uh, the Colts to get Quentin Nelson sort of thing. Like mm-hmm. that's the kind of stuff that I would expect because the year that we won the Super Bowl and the the year the year after where we went you know we went back to back the most money we spent went to our offensive line. Mm-hmm. Now that we're paying these other players, these other great players who are playing we were paying, you know, the the, the defensive backs, the Legion of Boom, we were paying Michael Bennett, we were playing Bob, paying Bobby Wagner, KJ Wright uh, Cliff Averill, and we weren't even paying Ross at that point, you know. And they were paying. Um, well, we got rid. Of, we had we lost Sidney Rice during that time period, uh, like mm-hmm. between the Super Bowls. But you know, we had um, Doug Baldwin who got paid a lot of money, and all these other players got paid so much money, like we couldn't afford to pay the offensive linemen. So we're like, I guess we can cut ties because Russ can move around. So let's just do that. But then you know, now he's running for his life, and it's like, what are we doing? So, so, but for, but as far as Joe Judge, for Joe Judge, yeah. Um, I just, I think it would be a after the season's over type of of firing, I think. Or, um, they try to get somebody to replace Daniel Jones and they keep Joe Judge. But what Vic always said was that they'll replace a coach before they replace a player. Well, yeah, but because because of who Daniel like with Daniel Jones, and I think that uh, he doesn't fit Joe Judge like what Joe Judge wants. I think that's what's going to really cause because I think they whiffed on him being being their pick. You know what I mean? I yeah. Some sometimes it's like okay. Uh, sometimes you pick a guy and he's like a diamond in the rough type of deal. Yeah, but. The guy played for Duke. That's just it's like when they picked Mitch Trubisky. He played for UNC. Yeah, and no only way. had one starting year. There was no way that he was gonna be some great quarterback or even above average or it's just not gonna happen. So um if they are gonna fire Joe Judge, which I'm not entirely sure that they would, because they do win games. You know, Yeah, but they but, like, but they it, they also don't have a really good roster. Now is that the coach's fault? Yes, of course. So, uh, but what other options out? But you also have to look at what are the other options out there. Honestly, coach? I wouldn't mind seeing Matt Nagy go there as because, the as the head coach as the, uh, as the head coach head coach for the okay. Giants. Yeah, I think that that mm-hmm. makes a lot of sense because that's an offensive minded coach that brings a lot of offensive firepower to that offense, which is boring as it is with Jason Garrett as their as their offensive coordinator. Get rid of him oh, wait, too. Wait, that, wait, dude's, wait. that dude's trash. Isn't he gone? Did they fire him? I was pretty sure I saw. Ooh, that's interesting. I need to look at this. Okay, so right now on Sports Illustrated, as of uh, today, Sports Illustrated says Jason Garrett is on the radar for the head coaching job for Duke. Oh, okay. So he's going all the way down to college. That's I mean, interesting. I mean, Chip Kelly did the same thing, but he's did he start? He started out. Chip in college. Kelly was at Oregon, then he got picked up by the Eagles, went to the 49ers, and then went to U. Uh, that was terrible. Um, now he's UCLA. UCLA. Yeah, but anyway, um, no, yeah, I think that if Joe Judge stays and Matt Nagy is on the 
is on the hunt for a job, I think you pick him up. Okay. I think that makes a lot of sense. If Joe Judge is, fire, is fired, I think Dave Gettleman really needs to go after um, Matt Nagy as their, as their head coach. Because I think, like I said, I think that brings a lot of firepower for that offense. <clears throat> and um, if, they, if they're able to – I mean, everyone's talking about Russell Wilson leaving Seattle, right? The number one team, I think he would he would go first over any other team would be the Giants. Because, I mean, like I said, I don't think... Like, you and I both believe that Daniel Jones is not it, right? Mm -hmm. So if Daniel Jones isn't it, and you have an offensive head coach, and you have got Saquon Barkley in the backfield, and you have... I mean, Kenny Galladay is awesome. I like Kenny Galladay a lot. With Matt Stafford, and when he was with Detroit, he was catching everything, right? I wouldn't say he was Megatron, but man, was he uh, was he dynamic. Mm-hmm. And then now he comes to a Giants team. Well, like I said, that offense was so conservative; they didn't do a thing. They didn't move the ball at all. And with that being said, with and he had a great running back too. It's like, how do you do this? I think with those weapons, Matt Nagy there with with all the smoke and mirrors that he was able to do with Mitch Trubisky. I think that that was just all a cover-up because of how bad Mr. Trubisky was, and now he's able to bring his full-on playbook, give it to Russell Wilson, boom, right there. That's yours. And he's got those weapons, Kyle Rudolph, Sterling Shepard, um, uh, um, Darius Slayton, freaking uh, Kenny Galladay, and Saquon, um, um, Evan Ingram. Dude, that offense would be explosive. With Russell Wilson, one hundred percent explosive. If Russell Wilson leaves Seattle, I think that's where he goes is New York because not only does it benefit him with the with the with the coaching staff that could that could potentially be there, it could it's it's good for him and his wife because it brings mm-hmm. Sierra right back to like Music Central, you know, New York City. So, you know, Joe Judge. I wouldn't, I wouldn't say Joe Judge is on the hot seat. But if Matt Nagy's on the board, I think you take him, whether that's offensive coordinator or not, or head uh, offensive coordinator or head coach. I think you take it because, like I said, that dude can coach, and he's he's coming from like he would you know before he was the coach for Chicago, he was the offensive coordinator for the Chiefs, and they had some explosive plays. They had big yeah, they had big players, fast you know fast guys. You know, strong guys. I mean, he, he was coaching Kelsey and Tyree Kill. Like those guys are uh, like studs in the league. They're like top in their in their in their positions. What makes you think that Nagy can't do the same thing with 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 Russell Wilson as your quarterback? At that point, I could see a like a Giants Chiefs Super Bowl sort of thing. Like that would, that would be incredible. So I mean, it's just a thought. You know, a little hot take, I guess. Um. And to kind of close out the show, I want to just kind of reiterate my big my my stinker of the week. What I would say would be the stinker would be the Ravens. Mm-hmm. Uh, they 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 let Pittsburgh stay in the game, uh, and they. I, and I've talked to a couple of people about this. Um, the 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 final the final play of the game, which was a two point conver- a failed two point conversion, to to attempt to win the game rather than kick the extra point and tie it. I like it. I mean, I I kind of like it, but you are I, the number one 
uh, team in your division, you need to, um, as they say, enforce your will on people, especially a team that is supposedly under you, like the Steelers. So I like it. I'm tired of this overtime crap, and then nobody does anything. You know, the Steelers gonna the, will get the ball. They won't move it. Ravens get it. They move a kick, field goal, and win. Now, you go for the win right then and there. So I like it. It's just that Lamar Jackson's overrated, so I don't know. What do you expect? Well, so that's the thing, though. It's like, why would you go for it if... See, in my opinion, I think because of who it was against, you don't go straight for it unless you know you're going to get it, which I know it's like, oh, well, you don't know if you're going to get it. you got to actually try it. Well, yeah, that's true. But because of the the team that they're playing and how tough they fight, they, they play each other... Like they they are bitter rivals. They hate each other, so they're gonna pull up every single stop it takes to do it. And they're about they're about five hundred. I think um, um, uh, Mike Tomlin has two more wins over Harbaugh. Mm-hmm. But the fact that they play each other so hard, it's like you don't know what's gonna happen every play. So at that point, I would at least just play it safe there and then go for like big plays. Trick plays, whatever you got in the back of your playbook during the overtime session, to to make sure you're moving down the ball, moving down the field, and you're forcing your will during the during the the um, during the the overtime session rather than going for it and then falling short, and then you drop two seed positions. So now you're out of the bye week in the postseason. You're going straight. You're, you're still playing in the wild card. So I mean. I, I like it in a way, but then again, I don't. So, um, so yeah, I, I I think that the Ravens should have uh, kicked the field goal, and I think that uh, it kind of really af- affected them in in the end in the end result when it comes to the seeding, and I think it's going to actually kind of bite them in the butt in the end. So, I'd like to just close by uh, reminding everybody, um, the goat debate is over. Tom Brady's not the goat. <laughs> I don't want to. I don't want to hear any more about. Oh, I can no longer deny. No, just look at what the Patriots are doing, and look at what Tom Brady is doing down there. Okay, super team for Tom Brady, and then the Patriots don't have Tom Brady, but they're still winning. Yeah, not only so. Not only are they winning, but they're winning as the number one seed. In the and they AFC. are the number one seed, and they don't have Tom Brady. So the discussion is over. Tom Brady is not the goat. I see. I never bought. I, to be perfectly honest, I never bought into the Brady is the greatest because he he it was dink and dime the entire like almost it's his a entire team career. You know, and I, the, I mean, but if that if that's what works and that that's what works for that team, right? But um, I mean, I really don't think you can have a greatest player anyway. There's just too many different eras. Uh, you know, there's there's just you play on a a team. You're one guy out of a minimum, what twenty five, because you have your uh, your special team. So you got your punter who can place the ball, but more importantly, you have your kicker. So you got twenty two. We'll say plus. We'll say plus one or two, just to make it. So you got twenty two people, and then you got your kicker. Let's say 20, we'll just say we'll say twenty four. Yeah, these are starting positions. Just FYI. Yeah, just starting positions. Uh, and you're one guy out of those twenty four. This isn't basketball, okay? It takes a whole team 
to make it come together. Um, you know, so with that being said, uh, Tom Brady's overrated. Yeah, I, and I, I've talked to a bunch of my uh, my friends about this, and I've talked to Beams about it. And you know, when it comes to these players, um, you know, being you know given given the Super Bowl wins as a part as a reason why they're as great as they are, deserve to be in the Hall of Fame or whatever, it's the ultimate team sport, ultimate team win, ultimate team trophy. You can't, you can't give one player Super Bowl wins because anybody could be on any roster and win the Super Bowl that many times. It doesn't matter what, and, the, and they're considered they they were on, they were, they have seven rings. Yeah, he started. That's fine, cool. But at the, but at the same time, he it's not just him on the field making all the plays on both offense, defense, and special teams. It's not just Brady. Now Brady and Brady's yards, Brady's touchdowns, Brady's uh, completion rating, all that, how how uh, how high those numbers are, how like solid those numbers are as uh, you know as a quarterback in the league, and why he's leading in all these stats because he's been around. He's he's outlasted everybody else, which I mean that's nice, that's great. But you're gonna, you're not gonna put you you shouldn't put Eli Manning in the Hall of Fame because he outla- because he you know he stayed in the league and stayed healthy his entire career never missed a start. That's I mean yes as an Ironman that's that's dependable but that's not Hall of Fame worthy. You know what I mean? Like that's not what you would base your your you know why a a, a player is as great as he is is because oh it's not just the you know the, one of the only reasons. You have to like. Be so dominant that people like the only thing that the other team is planning on is facing against you. That's what would make you a great player or the greatest player. And if they did, they would just sit somebody there for the dink and dunk, but they don't, they just let him do it. But anyway, like I said, this is, this is going to conclude the, the Rob Miller podcast. We, uh, We'll probably be back on like Friday night, Saturday, something something along those lines, uh, putting out our predictions, um, and we're gonna do, we're gonna do a hot take um, as well, um, whether that be uh, a hot take prediction, upset alert, or or something along those lines. But I want to do like uh, one, every week we're gonna do a hot take, and then we're also gonna do our predictions. So uh, thanks for tuning in, and we'll. Uh, so, see you guys. Uh, yeah. See you guys next time. So, yeah.